Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer here with you. And joining me now is the dancing queen himself uh, that I'm going to get smacked by him for saying it like that. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's been a while since I've talked to our friend Paul Hamilton. He joins us now on the West Her Hotline. Paul, it has been a bit. How are you, my friend? Well, it's about time you came back. We missed you. You don't have to lie to everyone in front of us. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> But thank you, Paul. I do appreciate it. Uh, But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about the Sabres because preseason gets going tomorrow. Training camp is underway. There's the the yearly Patrick Kane interest with Buffalo rumors. Um, So why not start there, I guess? Um, Paul, I I guess it's something that is a personal problem. It's a me problem. I get very annoyed with the uh, the yearly anecdote of like the Sabers should be interested in Patrick Kane. I get annoyed with any rumor because <laughs> they usually don't come through. Yes, <laughs> love this energy. Uh, uh, but yes, it, it's one of those things where like you look at it more or less in trying to make sense of it all, though, because Darren Dreyer's the one reporting it this time, and it's like, okay, come on, uh, but. It seems like a luxury good and almost a redundancy to add Patrick Kane to a skilled forward group that was third in the league in goals for last year. Yeah, and I agree with you. It seems like everybody wants to keep adding offense to this team, which isn't really what this hockey team needs. I mean, it needs that number four defenseman, which I really do like the signings of Johnson and Clifton, but I don't think either one is a top 4D. Clifton maybe can be if, you know, Granado uh, improves him a little bit. Um, I mean, don't forget, he was a healthy scratch for the Bruins in the playoffs. Now, it was the Boston Bruins. Let's not lose sight of that. That's a good hockey team. So it maybe isn't a really big embarrassment to be a healthy scratch from that team. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he slipped a little bit in the uh, later half of the year because I follow some Bruin writers, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, how poorly he was playing. And I watched some games where he didn't play all that well near the end, but I've also watched some games where he played very well. And he does add something to the Sabres' defense that they don't have, and that's some grit and some toughness. And, and you know, when he's on the ice, you better watch out because you know he's on the ice. So, so that's still, to me, where they should go. Now, if this is true, I, 
I think if the Sabres have a lot of interest in Kane, it would be because he's won a Stanley Cup and to get a veteran presence in there. He's not who he used to be. He's not the Patrick Kane of old. Um, so, you know, you're not getting exactly what Patrick Kane was. When Darlene and Power finally sign a contract, it doesn't kick in until next year. So if you just sign Kane to a one-year deal, that's fine. But you're not going to be able to fit him or Zegris, by the way, <laughs> uh, in, in long term because you're going to be paying over $10 million for Darlene. You're eventually going to be paying over $10 million for Power. I expect Paterka to really take off as well as Quinn. Their, their contracts will come up in two years. Levi and goal. I mean, you, you have to pop it forward a little bit and understand that eventually you're going to run out of money if these guys go the, on the trajectory that they're on. So in Kane's case, it would be to add a veteran presence. It would probably only be a one-year deal. Um, maybe he would give the hometown team a discount because maybe he would be interested. You know what? Wouldn't that be cool to come to Buffalo and win a Stanley Cup there? He might feel that way. And he's got more money than he needs uh, for six lifetimes. So you might say, yeah, I'll come for $2 million or something like that, and let's, let's do this type of a thing. But, you know, we'll see. He's not healthy yet. I mean, he has to get healthy. And, uh, and the thing is, you can say Kevin Adams is interested in every trade and every free agent because Kevin Adams believes this. He calls on everybody, whether he's interested in the player or not. Why? Because he wants to know the market. He wants to know the market of different players. The only way you're going to find that out is if you call and find out what players are worth. So he'll always make the call. So if this was just him inquiring with Kane's agent, well, he's, he's going to do that with everybody. So that if that's all it was, that's what Adams does. If he's really, really interested, I think it's to bring another Stanley because you know, they've only got one of them in the organization, and that's Eric Johnson. Mm-hmm. Paul, um, you mentioned, though, what this team actually needs. Um, as we're going to, I do have one last Kane thing here, and that is the fact that he does need to get healthy, but his timeline is relatively similar to when Jack Quinn's return would be here as well. Mm-hmm. So it's more or less like it's such a log jam that, you know, it's like you said, it's not what they need. They don't need more offense, they don't need more forwards, and what they do need is probably that top four defenseman. And I looked at my sheet and I saw, oh, Darlene paired with Clifton. This is a fascinating uh, little experiment they're going to try. That would start. That's exactly where I <laughs> thought that would start. Yeah, it's an interesting little tidbit, though, that I saw from the pairings and uh, one that we've seen Don Granado in the past be very much aggressive with experimenting with pairings and lines that create different combinations and be willing to uh, to let them either flourish or falter. Yeah, and Granado said in the summertime, he may go with, instead of like having Darlene with Samuelson, two lefties, he may just do the lefties, one, two, three. Well, if you do it that way, Darlene and Power are going to get their ice time, and Samuelson is not, because he will be on a third pair with Johnson, who, is with, who he's with right now. Yep. They're not gonna, he's not going to get the ice time that maybe you would like to see him get by doing it that way. But you have three, you know, as far as the guys that are going to dress, you got three righties and three lefties. The thing is, without going out and getting that guy who can be in your top two, Yoki Haru is still in your top four. 
So that would leave Clifton and Johnson, two righties, on your if you want to use Samuelson and and Darlene together, two lefties. That would leave two righties as your third pair. So I think Renato feels he can make Clifton into a better player, just like he feels he can make Greenway into a better player. He had them both at the U.S. Uh, development camp, so he knows them very well. So that's why I think they're going to start it this way and see if Clifton indeed can fit in as a top four guy. Yeah, Paul, it's it's one of those things where I'm very interested to see what, not just with Clifton in particular, but more or less how they use Samuelson this year. I mean, if they if the plan really is to break it up as Darlene Power Samuelson, all the lefties playing um, on their own, then you're looking at probably the deepest group of left-handed defensemen in the entire National Hockey League when Samuelson's healthy and available because that's been his only knock at this point is really the impact of him missing the, out of the lineup. But it is one of those things where if Clifton can work out here, a lot of the question marks suddenly get a lot quieter. Yeah, they do, because then you've got your top four. It, with, if he can pop in there and do that, and, you, you know, you've got Samuelson on your on your bottom pair, which means if one of the top four go down, you've got a guy you can put in there. Now, ideally, I, I would have liked Yoki Haru in the bottom pair, and I'm not down on him like most fans are. I, Yoki Haru, a lot of the time, plays like a top four guy. But the problem is he does have a crisis in confidence at times, and then he's really bad in those games. So that's what he's got to do, especially in the beginning of the year. He has not had a good start since he's been a Sabre. It usually starts around December that he starts improving after having two really bad months. Mm -hmm. So he really has to work on his start to the season. Um, and, and if he ever gets confidence in himself throughout a season, he definitely is a top-four guy. But I was thinking, all right, get a guy you can put in the top four, put Yoki Haru on your third pair, and then if somebody gets hurt, you've got somebody you can pop up there where they had nobody. Last year it was Bryson, Clegg. You know, they really had nobody they could put up there. Nothing ever worked. So that that was my thinking. I guess we're going to do it the other way, though, on the lefty and have Samuelson in your bottom pair and then pop him up if you have to. Paul Hamilton on the West Her Hotline. Paul, um, more on the um, the experiments, the fun little things that you get to try out in preseason. I, like many fans, love the fact that the most recent first-round pick is with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner for line combinations to start training camp. Zach Benson joining those two stalwarts. And then you see Yuri Kulik with Casey Middlestat and Alex Tuck on the other group. You see Isaac Ruzin with uh, Dylan Cousins and J.J. Paterka. Giving these first-round guys a lot of major opportunity now with one of the best scoring teams in the league. Yeah, Isak Rosan isn't a guy that anybody's really been talking about and filling in for Quinn, but it looks like it's possible. Now, this is just early lines. He might get the first opportunity. Why? He really, really, really improved his two-way game last year in Rochester. He understood what Seth Appert was telling him, that if you play good defense, you're actually going to get more offensive opportunities. Why? Because if you play good defense, you're getting the puck back, and you're going to have it more. And then you can get up into transition, and you're going to be in the offensive zone and get offensive chances. And Roseanne found out that that's true and really, I think, embraced that. So it looks like you know he might be getting a good opportunity. I, I, I think this is a great experience for Benson to come to training camp and be able to play with a Thompson or a Skinner. 
and I hope it happens in tomorrow's game. I hope they get a chance to have a game together, or if that line isn't in tomorrow's game, they'd be in the next game, and maybe play in that game together just to give him that experience to be on there. And I mentioned this during the summer. You know, we talked about Savoy, that he can't go to Rochester, and I said it's possible that Benson – He, I've been so impressed with him, and it's possible he could go into camp and pull a Derek Roy. He has the same number. Uh, Derek Roy, when he was a rookie, came into camp. No, who, who's Derek Roy? Next thing you know, the last week of camp, he's still here. Everybody else is back to junior and in Rochester, and he's still here in the last week in camp because he played so well. And quite honestly, he did get sent back to junior right at the end, and I thought he kind of got screwed a little bit. I, I thought he made the team. I thought he played well enough to make the team. But if somebody is capable of that, I think Benson is. And I've been saying that all summer, that – he could come into camp and play so well, he can make it very difficult on them to move him back out of there. So it'll be interesting to see. He played very well in the Prospects Challenge. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of noise he makes in this training camp. Paul, um, one last one here for you uh, before we let you go. And more or less, it's just a uh, – it's one of those things where I tend to think about this player more than – Maybe I should, but Peyton Krebs and what the direction might be for him this year. We saw him a lot really with like third line, fourth line minutes most of the time. But this is another young player that is almost getting lost in the shuffle with the emergence of Quinn and Paterka and now with Kulik, Razin, Benson, Savoy, all ready to start threatening for more ice time or at least big league ice time. Uh, what do you think uh, your prediction could be for Peyton Krebs this season for the Sabres? I think he has the talent to be top six, but he won't be on this team because he's an awful winger. He's a very good centerman, and he's not going to go ahead of Cousins, and he's not going to go ahead of Thompson. So, you know, he's going to be a bottom six type of guy, and it helped him last year to be able to play with Gergensen's and Alposo, who, by the way, were one of the top lines in the league at not giving up offensive chances. And Krebs, I think it was good for him to play on that line. And he would help them when they got in the offensive zone because the other two are great four-checkers. They'd get in the zone and keep it there. And I was impressed with how Krebs became a good four-checker. And he would help them get good scoring opportunities uh, to, to, you know, with that line. And they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. Now, right now, I would put Jost on that line, and I would get Krebs maybe up with Middlestat and Greenway. Uh, and, and by the way, if they did get Kane, that's probably the spot for Kane. I think you'd have Krebs, Middlestat, and Kane uh, would be your line there mm -hmm. because I don't see a spot for Kane when we're talking about the top four. So, uh, you know, that I think that's, that would be the spot for him too uh, when Quinn would get back. So I think that's what you're looking at as far as – you know, with with Peyton Krebs, but I think he has the talent to be top six, but it's just not going to happen on this team. Paul, I appreciate your your Sabers insight here, and we will be hearing plenty of it as the preseason goes along. Uh, you got a quick tidbit here with uh, Bills and Washington uh, Commanders tomorrow as well. I don't like uh, that defensive line that Allen has to go against, but Allen will be fine if he just takes what they give him. Because against the Jets, he moved the ball when he didn't try to be, play hero ball. He, he moved the ball against the New York Jets, who have an excellent defensive line, too. He's not going to have the time to stand back there and wait for long plays to develop and, and hope to get it down, or he's going to wind it up 
you know, forcing things downfield. I think if he's willing to, to, you know, all right, put together a 12 or 13 play drive, he's quite capable of doing that, and he has the guys to do that. I think the, the Bills will be fine. But if he goes back to the hero ball thing like he did against the Jets, I think it could get a little dicey. If he forces plays, Paul, I'm going to force myself to crash into a door. So we're going to see what happens here. Uh, Paul, thank you uh, for joining me here today. Uh, I've missed being able to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to doing more of that as the season gets started. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, call anytime. Of course. Paul Hamilton on the Western, on the Western Hotline there. And now it becomes real. Sabres preseason gets going as the Bills season is already going. We get ourselves back into the peak elite season that we all love to champion here at WGR. So let's have some fun with it. 8030551888552550. How you feeling about the Bills, Commanders? Do you hate the Patrick Kane idea to the Sabres as much as I do? Um, anything you've got, let's hear it. But we also have Tyler Dunn joining us at 12.20 today. But we've got some time for you. Bring him up, bring him in, and let's see what we've got. Let's have some fun here as Sports Talk Saturday rolls on. Derek Kramer, Tanner Saunders behind the glass. You're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.